Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. I am Stephanie, and this is part two of my chat with guest Vicki Holloway from the My Creative Corner 3 podcast. You will really enjoy this episode because we continue our chat with topics on crochet, cricket, gardening, and we tackle the topic of the isolation of crafting. This episode will conclude season four of the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. And I have already been working on the production of season five. I'm looking forward to recording with guests in late summer. You can stay in touch with the Make and Decorate podcast by following me on Instagram at stephanie.socha.design. And also join my Mighty Network's private and free group. The group is called Make and Decorate Friends. It is similar to Facebook, but it does not have the algorithms, ads, and trolls. The link is in the show notes. And I have to mention, there's one post from this past week by Mary. She posted a patchwork blanket she made with repurposed denim fabric from clothing like jeans. The blanket is one layer of denim patchwork. It's reversible and she bound it with a contrast uh, fabric like you would bind a quilt. And then she added a zipper pocket for keys or for storing a phone and uh, called it like a beach blanket. It's perfect. It's perfect for all of summer's activities where you would want to, you know, have a blanket, you know, either wrap yourself up in one around a, um, a fire pit or lay it out on the beach. Um, and it's so adorable. It's so cute. I love it. I immediately had to add that to my must make list. It's really cute and it's very cleverly made. Um, so you should check that out on Make and Decorate Friends, my Mighty Networks group. Also, don't forget I have a Patreon page, Make and Decorate on patreon.com. And there you can subscribe to support the podcast and receive a monthly bonus podcast episode year round. All right, let's get on to some chit chat. Sewing. I have been doing some sewing since the last episode. And one of the things is I made um, uh, alterations to ready-made linen pants that I recently bought. Uh, I, I got these pants in sort of in a size larger because uh, every time I get ready-made linen pants, they shrink a ton because I don't know if they pre-wash the fabric or not, but uh, they end up really like getting, um, just getting small. So I just aired on the side of caution and got a size larger. Well, this size was very large and, uh, but I, I still in, you know, looking at the pair of pants and where it was large at, I decided not to return it to get the smaller size. And I thought, oh, 
let me just do some alterations to it and then it'll be fine. And that way it won't get hemmed up too short. That's one of the places where it gets too short on me as at the hem. Um, and then just overall, like the, um, the um, I mean, basically the whole size of the linen fabric. Well, okay, so I did this and it took me probably about, two, yeah, two evenings. And I did the one pair of full length uh, pants and it was a challenging nightmare. But when it was complete, I, it was just so worth it based on the new fit. And uh, I felt like it was now like I basically made them, which I didn't, but I kind of reconstructed a lot of it, uh, which was what took um, a bunch of time. I'd, I haven't really ever uh, altered the rise on a crotch before, so that was completely new to me, and I had to do some research on how to do that, uh, and that was really the hardest part. I have links that I will put in the show notes on two videos that I watched that were very helpful. And I sort of took from each of these videos certain things and um, was able to do it and was very happy with the outcome. You know, it, it, it really is true. They do say that with, you know, ready-made clothing really doesn't look right unless it is altered to fit your body. Um, and, and it really was evident with these pants. Okay, let's move on to gardening. The deck planting is complete. So in addition to that, I have wisteria that, um, uh, it, we've had this wisteria for like almost 10 years now. It's, it grows, you know, um, on the ground just in front of the deck and our deck is raised so it's raised about four feet off the ground um, so there's a little trellis at the bottom of the deck to like the floor of the deck and I have been growing wisteria there but um, I never really um, got the hang of training it where I wanted it to go until last year and then I really spent a lot of time on it and then I pruned aggressively um, where I didn't want it to be and that is the trick and wisteria is very uh, invasive and it is hardy and it grows everywhere so all these years that I thought oh I don't want to like you know kill this plant by pruning it the wrong way uh, was completely wrong. So, at, and I, I just did this out of frustration last year because I was just like, why are these vines growing in the wrong direction and places I don't want them to be? So I just started hacking away at this, at this vine. And then I, um, you know, uh, attached uh, the little, um, what do they call it? It's it's really cool. It's this product where it's like a Velcro, but it's green and it's like a garden uh, for garden uses to tie up, tie up stems or branches to um, a trellis or wherever you want it to be attached to. So I started doing that and I, um, and, and then, then this year really um, 
showed the fruits of my labor. And I have all of these gorgeous wisteria blooms um, going up the both sides of the back of my deck. Um, we have four by four posts that kind of go up uh, from the edges. And they're beautiful. These They have these huge... Um, fragrant blooms they i mean they kind of remind me of like a um grapes because it's sort of goes into that shape and um they're they're just really pretty and and it's a really soft uh shade of purple and it's sort of like an ombre too so really really very pretty uh it also started growing up my trellis wall on the one side and then my husband said, let the wisteria be the climbing plant on the trellis wall. Well, my thing against that is it only flowers one time. And that time is now in the, the late spring. And then it's just a leafy vine. And that's not what I want on this trellis wall of our deck. I need continuous flowering blooms all summer long. <laughs> So I am going to prune the wisteria to only be on that one back corner, going up the four by four, and then across the top of the trellis wall only. And the way that the wisteria blooms fall, um, it really looks pretty that way anyway. I mean, you usually see wisteria on these beautiful pergola structures, um, and then the, they hang down, um, again, like bunches of grapes, but they're actual flowers, <laughs> not fruit. Uh, so that's what I am planning to do with that. But it's just so pretty when it is in full bloom. It's too bad that it doesn't bloom completely like all summer, but it doesn't. The wisteria flowers have beckoned tons of bumblebees. Not the honeybees, but the big fuzzy bumblebees. I love those bees. Those are my favorite bees because they are large and they're fuzzy and they're chill. They don't attack you. <laughs> uh, and so they are loving these wisteria flowers. They're just, they've got, they are just feasting away every day. I'm seeing these bees just heads all the way up into the flowers and they're buzzing around. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see that. However, <laughs> I was deadheading or you call it pinching the dead petunia buds uh, from a planter. And one of those buds was not a petunia. It was a bumblebee. I gripped it and immediately felt the fuzzy bumblebee and it was moving a little bit on my fingers. So I immediately let go and like, you know, yelped like a little, like half, half scream, but half yelp because I didn't want to embarrass myself. But um, yeah, I let go and looked at it and he was still there. He was, the bee was unfazed. He was drinking away with his head all the way into the petunia flower. 
And uh, so I was just, it was just a surreal feeling. I just stood there looking at this bee and then I got closer and I'm like, are you like still alive? But he was, he was just having a good time. And I can't believe that I was able to even just touch him, but I let go right away and he just continued on with his meal. I mean, I, I literally grabbed it, but I was very gentle about it. And it could have gone a whole different way. But I was being gentle because, you know, you don't want to pull on the petunia stem. So um, I gently kind of like grip the petunia flower with just, you know, my thumb and the first three fingers and then pull it up. And thank goodness I did, because uh, if I squeezed too hard, that could have gone a whole nother way that I don't even want to know about. The purple flower vines that I grew from seed and the blushing Susie vines are growing. I've planted them in um, the large containers that I'm hoping will grow up the trellis wall and flower this summer, but they're growing pretty slowly. So I am hoping I do not have another Mandevilla situation <laughs> where it doesn't fully mature until frost time. Uh, which is why I am planting a climbing rose bush in the center planter in front of the trellis wall. Because um, once that gets established, then I won't have to worry about like you know planting an annual vine uh, that may or may not grow fast enough uh, to mature into beautiful blooms. Hanging baskets. I learned something new about lining them with sphagnum moss. All these years, and I've never liked it, but I didn't know what else to do. Like, what else are you supposed to put into a hanging basket to keep the dirt in other than those coir uh, planter liners that they sell everywhere? But I've never liked them, and um, they're mostly a one one and done use type of a thing and they really all they do really usefully is hold the dirt into the container they don't retain water at all and the hanging planters continually go dry and the flowers really suffer and I don't keep that really lush um, look to the the plant arrangements in there in midsummer when it gets really hot because um, watering them once a day isn't enough. When it gets into those hot days, you've got to water them twice a day. So I learned, I did some research and I learned about sphagnum moss and it is nowhere to be found around here up in the Chicago area. There are some garden shops and Home Depots that will sell it way in the north suburbs that I just don't really wanna drive to right now. So I ordered it from, where else? Amazon. And um, it was really fun. <laughs> I love this sphagnum moss. Uh, you receive it in a really compacted brick and it, it looks really small. And you, if you, you don't know how it works, you would think, oh my gosh, I totally got gypped. This is so tiny. But what happens is that you reconstitute it in water. You soak it for about 15 minutes and then it um, just 
completely um, like doubles, triples, whatever, quadruples in size. And it's beautiful too. There's, there's like different textures to the sphagnum moss and there's like these little, uh, they almost, they're, they almost look like succulent, tiny plants. Um, and those are kind of throughout, uh, but they're like sponges. So when you grab a handful of this moss that's in, like I had it in um, a bucket with water and then you lift it out after it has soaked and you wring it out like a sponge, but it's still damp. And then you just overlap it and line your hanging planters with this um, wet sphagnum moss. And then you put your dirt in and plant your flowers. And then I watered it and it is amazing how much more water retention that that has than the coir basket liners. So, and it's so pretty. It really is. Uh, and my husband remarked too, when he came home from work the other day and he's like, Ooh, I really like those moss, the moss baskets. So it's not something that he, you know, normally would notice or comment on, but Hey, it is, it is a good looking uh, flower basket now. So if you are planning on planting some hanging baskets, look for sphagnum moss. I've Oh, I have a couple more sewing finishes I forgot to mention earlier. I made the Sling Chase lounge seat and back pieces. They were pretty easy to make and not so easy at the same time, if that even makes any sense at all to you. But I'll explain that the vinyl woven fabric is thick and it's kind of rubbery feeling. It does not glide easily through the sewing machine. I started with the Teflon foot because that's what you're supposed to use with vinyl. But it didn't work. The fabric really fishtailed everywhere with that foot. And I think it's because I had a longer uh, stitch length because the fabric is so thick. So I had to turn it up to like a, a 3.0 stitch length. Uh, so then I uh, switched it out to a walking foot and that made a big difference. So learning curve number one, <laughs> use a walking foot with this fabric. And also the thread that I had to use, I've never used before. It is a specifically an outdoor UV um, nylon thread. It's pretty thick, but it's soft. Um, and it frays. As soon as you clip the end, it starts to fray. So that makes threading the needle so much fun <laughs> when you have a fraying thread. And uh, so that was the challenge with the thread. Aside from all of that, it was a pretty quick uh, project to make. We installed it back onto the chase and it looks brand new and beautiful. So all of the, you know, tough sewing challenges again, are, were worth it. And it was a learning experience. I'm sure the next time I would do a project with this type of fabric and thread, it will probably go uh, much easier. It's a bit of leftover sling fabric. So I decided to make a placemat for Cooper's food and water bowl. This is the perfect type of fabric to make this uh, mat to go under his bowls. So this um, placemat turned out pretty, pretty good. And um, basically, it's just a rectangle shape, 
and I um, did binding on it um, with the same fabric and mitered the corners. But on the back side, I did not double fold the binding for a finished look. Um, I, when I first tried to fold it under, uh, immediately I was like, this is not going to go through the sewing machine. It was way, way too thick. So I just left it, um, you know, raw edge and then I stitched it. And so the finished side on the front looks great. And even it doesn't look so bad on the back either. Um, it does, you know, this vinyl fabric is, does not fray. So the raw edge was perfectly fine to leave. It's really cute. Um, so I, I was also happy that I was able to make like another project from this fabric. I did some Cricut projects last week. My dad's birthday was earlier this week and I had some heat transfer vinyl designs that I wanted to put onto this William Sonoma canvas cotton apron that I got for him. It's a grill apron. It's really, um, it's really cool and nicely made, but it's like this plain blue. Uh, so there's a top pocket at the top of the apron, and then there's a double pocket uh, towards the lower part of uh, the apron. So I had a couple of designs and I did those. And while I had the Cricut out and all the vinyls, uh, there were three uh, little kids t-shirts that have been sitting in my sewing room for like probably almost three years now. It was a project that I was supposed to do with Ava when she was over for a sewing weekend and we just couldn't fit it in. So we were saving it for the next time and then just totally forgot about it. I look at these little t-shirts and I'm like, oh my gosh, like none of them fit in these anymore, of course. But my other sister just so happens has kids that will fit these t-shirts completely. More heat transfer vinyl. One one design per shirt. One was a butterfly, the other one was a ladybug, and the third one was a cute frog that I did in this really cool green glitter. So cute. And the last thing I made was a birthday card for my baby nephew. He is turning one um, next week. And I made this really cute out of just cardstock. It's a baby bear card, just uh, different cuts of the bare parts and then gluing them and doing that um, raised foam uh, adhesive underneath to kind of like give it some dimension. So it all turned out really cute. The only thing is that there is a glitch with uh, their software, the design software and the Bluetooth connectivity with both my iPhone and my iPad and I couldn't get support to contact me. I called and it was like over an hour wait. Uh, they said they would call you back and they didn't call back in the time frame that they said they would. So it was kind of a mess. I had to unplug my computer and bring it across the room to plug it directly into the Cricut to get these things done. If any of you know what this issue is with the connect Bluetooth connectivity. I think it is a glitch in an upgrade to the software because it was working completely fine like a couple months ago. And I made sure that I had updated all of the Cricut apps on both my phone and the iPad and the computer. So they were all updated and still didn't work.
So please let me know if you know what this glitch is and how I can fix it. Because it's so frustrating not to be able to use the iPad Bluetooth with this Cricut Maker. Cricut Maker 3. Let's go ahead and finish up part two of my conversation with Vicki Holloway. Crochet, I know you said you're, you know, pausing on it a little bit, but you've been crocheting um, little squares for uh, a cardigan project. Yes, I love granny squares. Granny squares is the thing again. It's like every few years it comes around in the crochet world that everyone loves granny squares. They're easy. They're kind of like quilting. You can do a little block. You can use your scraps. You can make them multicolored. So I found on Pinterest just uh, the layout of how to do a cardigan with just squares. And I thought I can do that. So I bought a chunkier yarn and I'm doing about five rounds on the granny and you just sew your granny squares together and it's a little droopy and you can make it long and boxy if you want. You can keep it shorter like a waist length jacket. You can do a whole bunch of things with it. And so I've been using, um, I bought some yarn in the fall, you know, several skeins. So it's going to have a denim pink and a gray tweeds in it and it's going to be super fun i've not made anything crochet like to wear for myself ever so i thought this will be fun and you could make smaller granny squares use the same layout for children so i like it because it's an easy pick up and put down project because like i said sometimes you have to put things on pause for whatever reason and put it in the Mm -hmm. bag and granny squares are great I even thought I just made a granny square three bags for my granddaughters. And you I found the same type of a line drawing on Pinterest and how to join them on point. And then you put leather handles on it and I put a lining in there and pretty cute little so granny cute. Yeah. They're adorable. They're they're the hot topic this year in decorating too. I think people are doing granny square pillows and blankets. Yeah, and also I was seeing all over uh, YouTube where granny square um, winter what are those yeah. head headbands head and ear warmers. They and- were so cute. So I want to make one of those. I bought the um, and you make it out of a chunkier size mm-hmm. yarn. So I bought the crochet needle for it. You know, it's funny because I see these projects. I'm like, yes, I'm going to make it. So I get the needle and the yarn. Oh, I do the same. And then it's got to sit on on deck until I get to it. No, and then then I then I take a detour sometimes halfway through the yeah. project, and I go, my daughter in law gave me all of her needle felting things. And I'm like, let's do a needle felting rabbit hole. Let's, you know, <laughs> so it's not as hard on my fingers and stuff. So mm-hmm. I've been working on making just beads, you know, little oh, circles nice. to yeah. learn the technique. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's fun. You know, that's the yeah. thing about different crafts and creativity. You never reach the pinnacle of learning everything right. about everything. Yeah, that's you what I love about it too. Going. You do. Yeah. And and we're similar in that we we like to learn and do multi craft, you know, mm-hmm. disciplines. And um I, you know, for a while I sort of felt like, oh, I, I need to like pick a lane in this and just like get be good at that. Is it gonna be quilting or sewing clothes or you know, and then I'm thinking no, uh, because and I I think I heard someone talk about it. Uh, I wonder if it was Andrea. 
I think it was Andrea from Third Story um, Quotes mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. But um, she did a talk and she's like that. Like she'll do something for a while and then she moves on to a different type. And I was just like, yeah, that's what I like to do. Me so, too. and I think it's good for your brain creatively and therapeutically. And mm-hmm. if you're conditioned to be like that, like I am and maybe you are, then. Um, you have to do it because it keeps you going. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you, um, you know, just uh, healthy and balanced. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do have like this inner desire to learn number one and to create things. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, I finally have embraced it as an adult and it's like, it's okay if I make a mm-hmm. hundred of these needle felted gnomes, who cares? Yeah. And then if I never make them again, right. I had a fun time. It's it's about the process of trying it. it and trying it. Mm-hmm. The cool thing I've stuck with the longest for probably the most like prolific finishes. Me too. You know, yeah. even mm-hmm. though I've done things with yarn, but there's just something about making things that I think is just extremely therapeutic and for our mental health and mm-hmm. or recharging at the end of the yeah. day yeah. and having. I like to think of certain things as like my signature thing. Like I can crochet lots of different things and I have, I've done hats, I've done sweaters, I've done different things and given them away, but I like granny squares. It's like my thing. I like making them. They're easy. You know, I like knitting stockingette things. I like my swirl pattern, you know, it's like my signature go-to I don't have to think about it too mm-hmm. much if I want to have something super relaxing and maybe on a tough week. And then I have those crazy projects like the Dear Jane, yeah. or I want to do something really wild and crazy on my cricket, but I'm building up the skills to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's to make miniatures. I want to make miniatures out of wood that look like gothic castles and stuff why Mm -hmm. i don't know because i want to (laughs) i think it'll be fun and it'll also teach me techniques and painting and staining and just take me down a different lane where my sister can help me a little bit more on that because that's what she she's really good at those things but it's just something that i think over time you just want to keep making things yeah and and trying new things And also, the more you learn, it keeps your brain in shape. So I need all the learning I can get to keep my brain in shape (laughs) as I head into into my later years of life. You know, as you get to midlife, if you don't really keep practicing, Mm -hmm. you can. It's amazing how much you forget. Yeah, absolutely. And... What was I going to say about that? Oh, the cric- the um, cricket. I, I finally got one. Um, I, I got it as a gift for my parents this year, and I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. I love it so much because I I had been on a silhouette before, mm-hmm. and I just I talked to you about this on a previous episode, and I just didn't know. And there's just so many like pros and cons, and you know, people are loyal to one or the other. And the biggest thing that was holding me back was the software. It is it is a little bit of a learning curve on it. And but once I got going with it, it has become so intuitive. It was that intuitive. There we go. Intuitive. Um, and they've done a couple of really big upgrades on it over the last year and have made the software, I think, ever so much easier to use. 
And um, I don't know. It's I like it, and I think the that cricket I, software. Yeah. If oh I yeah. Can do it. Yeah. Anybody can do it. No, it's so true. <laughs> and um, so just my experience on it, learning their software, because I learned the Silhouette software first, and it is not intuitive. And but you know, once I learned it, I knew how to do stuff, and mm-hmm. so that's what I was worried about. Like, oh, I'm not going to have like certain you know things in the Cricut one. And it's true. There's certain things where like, oh, why can't I do this here? <laughs> But also, though, I'm able to complete many more projects on the Cricut because the software is intuitive, user friendly, and the the way that it flows where you import a project, you can make whatever changes, general changes to Mm -hmm. it that you need to. And then you click make it and it automatically sets up all of your mats um, yes. ready it's to like go. Magic, isn't yeah. It? I'm like, this process, this project flow process is so much better and it's it's fun. It's it's fun to do. And it's they have work. so many more materials to choose from that mm-hmm. um before I would have to kind of customize myself and play right. around with the pressures and the this and the that you know depth of cuts I find that everything. frustrating that's tedious and yeah and then I don't get as many projects done because no. I'm just like forget <laughs> forget about well, the other it part is you, I feel like you waste a lot of material trying yeah. to get to an end product yeah and you know crafting supplies mm-hmm. are expensive so I don't no like kidding. wasting material oh. But the other part that I found is that people who love making things with their Cricut, there are so many makers out there with free websites or free SVGs if you sign up for their newsletter. Yeah. And if you sign up for newsletters, that's how you stay connected with free festivals. Like this week, I'm taking online free classes and there's five projects a day for a week. And I'm like, Two or three times a year, several of these um, makers will collaborate, and I learn something new every time. That's how I learn more of using Design Space, which is their software, as well as techniques, how to apply vinyl, how to cut things, how to use it in a sewing project. Right. You know, yeah. um, I just saw one today that was using Starbucks cups, <laughs> you know, the cold ones, and decorating them. Oh. So I wanted to know because, you know, if you're taking a tumbler and it's not straight, uh-huh. they're, all of them either have a curve or there's an angle, mm-hmm. you can run into problems if you don't know how to compensate for it mm-hmm. or find somebody who has a template mm-hmm. that you can use. And then you can play around with it and make things more customized for you. So it's just a lot of fun. And what I like about it is it is almost instant gratification on certain projects. Until you get to miniatures, that is going to be a long-term project. But the thing about the maker I'm using and the knife blade for cutting through some of the wood and learning how to do it through chipboard and it's just a lot of fun because mm. you can make fairy houses that are not going to go out in your garden, but you can do indoor, mm. you know, dioramas and mm-hmm. different things all with your maker. So much fun. Be fun. Yeah. And the other thing I realized um, that I like better, the cricket, is that the blades. So mm-hmm. the, the housing is permanent and all you do is switch out the little blades part. Yes. Whereas the other one, it's just like one. You have to buy a new housing every one time. One use. 
go oh. and you put a new one in there. Yeah. Wow. So I loved that. I was like, this is really good. So yeah, it was all, nice all good housing itself was $50. It, like for yeah, they're expensive. Purchase. But then, Definitely. you know, to, to replace that knife blade or replace the rotary yeah. cutter, it was like 12 or 15, maybe $18, depending on what mm-hmm. it is you're getting. So that's the other. Yeah, I like that, too. And it's super yeah. easy. You know, you don't have yeah. to worry about cutting yourself trying to right. replace blades, right. which I was afraid of. So and that's good because... Um, you know, me listening to your podcast and you talking about your projects with your Cricut Maker kind of got me into researching it more and um, getting me to this point where I have my Cricut Maker too, and I'm loving it. I really, really do. So Um, thanks. Thanks for chatting about it and sharing. This is what I also love is when people share their experiences and, you know, openly and want to help other crafters out there. I think it's just um, really nice. And it makes me feel like you said, that connection and kindred spirits and all of that. So I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I enjoy too, because, you know, I'm not sponsored for any of those. Me neither. Topics either. (laughs) And I want people to know what I think of it and what, you know, I have once in a while, I'll have people want me to review things or talk about it. But when you're really looking at, you know, I want to be able to freely speak about it. And I think, you know, that's the other part of having a podcast, you know, that you can just talk about things and I don't have to worry about big sponsors getting mad if I don't appreciate something about their software or project yes. or things. Yeah. But, or, or they keep you from using other people's products. I, I just think right. that's very limiting. Yeah. Because um, there are some like quilt fabrics companies that sort of do that. Mm-hmm. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine just using one company's lines of fabrics. No, for everything. no, I can't either. Yeah. So, okay. And this episode is recording this in February, wintertime still, but it's going to go up in spring gardening time. So let's chat a little bit about your plans, gardening plans for this year. Well, this year I am going to keep adding on to my two floor fairy garden. I have a a retaining wall in the back. So I have like what I call the upper level of a fairy garden and the lower level. So the upper level is pretty filled with the little fairy houses, my miniature trees, and a lot of mini hostas and stuff. So I want to get the lower level a little more um, organized. It was a little sparse last year. So the bellflowers are coming in and I have uh, I have to get new houses because my old ones all got faded or I dropped a couple and broke a couple. So I am at a point where I can like do a totally different layout. And so I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I may go with, I have all currently all my houses look like, like either pumpkins or apples or mushroom houses. So I think I'm going to continue with that whimsical theme um, down on the lower level. And I usually don't have fairy um, figurines. I usually have animals that look like people and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work on that. But the other part is our property line is a little more open. So I took your advice last year about the Arbor Vitae. Mm -hmm. And we purchased after a big renovation and property line cleanup happened. um, 
I had no structure at the back of the garden. So I planted four of those um, arbor vitae and they're growing. And so I think they're still probably only about three and a half, four feet tall. It's going to take a while for Mm -hmm. them to reach some size. And there's a little, it's open. So I'm going to plant eight foot sunflowers back Mm. there. Just they're perennials, um, sow them in the ground. And I bought the seeds already because I couldn't wait. So I bought, I think they're called um, Maximilians Mm -hmm. and they're huge and they're yellow. But the other thing we have added this last few winters is bird feeders Mm -hmm. to the um, garden in the winter. We take them up in the spring and summer, but I think the sunflowers will be great for the birds. They attract a lot of birds because I plant sunflowers in my garden every year. And the birds that I see... Um, you know, of course I see all the, the normal, like, um, you know, the swallow, the wrens and the finches, mm-hmm. but I, I have seen like these, um, this one, it's a fit. I look them up too. I take yes. a picture and I look them up, but this bright yellow finch oh, came beautiful. last summer. It's so pretty. And then oh. I, a hummingbird came in. Nice. To, and I'm like in urban, you know, outskirts of Chicago. I'm still like a city, you know. We can reach. And I, we can reach across our window, and our neighbors are right there. No, and I live in the city, even though um, I live in a rural area, and I talk about the woods and stuff. I still live in the city limits, and so I have a lot of close neighbors too. And with all of our trees being damaged by storms over the last few years, and they were very old, we've all had to step up our wildlife habitat. So that's something else I'm kind of looking at in the garden is how to keep it wildlife friendly, how to keep it, you know, butterfly and bird friendly. Um, Yeah. So I pack the plants in so that I don't have to weed so much. And I, I'm looking forward to adding a few more, Things And with the big um, property line cleanup, a couple of my shrubs, I didn't think were going to come back. And I have one that my dad planted probably 30 or 40 years ago when they lived in this property. Mm-hmm. And it's a snowflake plant. It's not the snowball plant. It's a shrub and it's growing. And I think it's going to bloom this year. So I'm super excited that something that my dad planted all those years ago is going to also add some structure to the back of the garden. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yes, I want to add some more wildflower seeds Mm -hmm. and the sunflower seeds and then start really looking at how to balance the colors a little bit more because mm-hmm. I it was kind of rushed a couple years ago when we went from the layout that it was to the big renovation of the property line and all the plants were in buckets and I had to get them in the ground. <laughs> so this year I, I also want to go through and kind of sort and spread out the different pockets of color to make sure it's a little more evenly distributed. But but I'm also on the lookout for, if anyone has some ideas, zone 4B is where I live. So it's a very short and cold um, summers of just things like that are bird friendly. And I have a lot of sun back there. So I'm going to run some experiments on pla- planting things that I've never planted before. I also want to plant a couple of buckets of bulbs and make fairy garden little vignettes in them. Mm. And um, so that's my trip to the dollar store today is I want to look for some stackable planters so I can pop some narcissus, um, 
paper white narcissus in them or maybe some little tulip bulbs and then get them outside while it's still cold and hopefully they'll grow oh, in the spring. Idea. Yeah. And because I didn't get them in the buckets in the fall, the fall got away from me, <laughs> but it's still cold enough. I think they'll, they'll yeah. come up. Yeah. So, so those are my, my goals. How about you? Do and you I have think, any plans? I think they can be forced too, but I think so too. I'm not that, you know, advanced of a gardener to know. I read about it. And <laughs> if my sticking them in the outside in this cold, cause it's still cold, mm-hmm. even though it warmed up yesterday, it's still going to get like below zero this week. Mm. If I think it'll work. Otherwise I'm going to look up how to force bulbs again. I did it a long time ago and I kind of don't remember all of the Right. I don't either, but I know it. it could be done. It's just a <laughs> yep. process. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, what I'm doing is I, the last few years, I've really kind of been like getting more into it again. And um, like uh, I, I've always done a container garden. We have a big deck and I mm-hmm. love doing the container garden up there. And I have my different quadrants of everywhere. So um that that I, I I have down pat. I have my herbs up there and everything. But the ground garden, my husband took over for a while. He's like, "You do up there, and I'm I'm doing the landscape over there." And mm-hmm. so we did that for a while, and then I'm just like, "Okay, we got to stuff's got to change." He put <laughs> all these grasses in there, and didn't prune them enough. He just lets them go wild, and they're just like. Oh, they can invade everything. Totally. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I took charge the last year and uh, started cutting stuff out. And he's like, don't get rid of all. I said, I am not. And and I said, and because I cut all this down, it's still going to come back because <laughs> it's grass. Uh, my husband and I have a little bit different gardening style. So his is more of islands in the stream, I call it, where every plant is an island in this big sea of mulch. So yes. he has that garden um, style up around the beds of by the house, the borders from the porch front door to the back mm-hmm. door. Because, you know, we have an old basement and it needed to be cleaned up. So we have, that's a little more sparse where mm-hmm. the back is my area and it's packed with flowers. I said, the more you plant, the less you have to weed, I'm telling <laughs> you. And he's like, okay, I have to admit last year our neighbors and everybody have said something about the garden, how good it looks. And he mm-hmm. goes, it really does look good. <laughs> it's yeah. just different from what his envisioning of what. Right. A garden would be everything in a row and yeah. islands in the stream, and I'm wild. You can envision just like I can, and and um, so I, um, the year two years ago is when I did this major bulb planting of all the tulips and alliums and stuff. So because I wanted to try to create more of a um, what do you call that? seasonal or what are they yeah where you have color throughout the whole yeah where one comes up in the spring and then the late spring ones come up and the early summers and sunflowers are late summer (laughs) so it's difficult though to really like perfect that so um but i if i just do a little bit a year it it just improves every year and i also want to add a little bit more perennials Mm -hmm. in the mix but you might want it since you're because I've been doing more wild. There's this one section where I do the wildflowers too, or I have um, you know the the echinacea. Those come up every year. Yes. I love them. And I actually last year took 
a couple of those and split them and made little plants. And um, they didn't all work, but several of them did. So I was oh, so yeah. excited and happy that I, I made more plants. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't have to so buy any more echinacea. <laughs> it was like freebies. And I have, yeah. I have some areas where I can divide them and I'm going to put them in um, a border on the other side of the house that's not his side and <laughs> just keep spreading them around. Yeah. But, you know, echinacea, I don't have any. Mine oh, didn't make some. it a few years ago. And so I, that's a great idea. I should add some yeah. more because they, they really they'll come back. are beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're very, they're very so pretty. pretty, and they attract butterflies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then another one I planted last year for the first time, and it's just by seed. So you could just toss the seeds into the ground. They're zinnias. Yes, and all different colors. Them. They're so pretty. Yeah, I have cosmos too that I put in mm. the wildflower area. Yeah, I'll throw the cosmos seeds, and they're like a really large colorful daisy-like flower uh-huh. and they have a real soft fern-like leaf and mm. it just adds a nice pop of color with some pretty soft textures yeah and yeah I just nice. keep do the same the thing about gardening is that it's ever evolving and changing yeah. and you can change anything pretty much every season if you want to change the yeah. look of it a little bit yeah I really am a big fan of Gardener's World which mm. is a British show and Monty mm-hmm. Don is the presenter most of the time and so I keep showing my husband see look at the swaths of color he keeps talking about <laughs> <laughs> and he goes yeah that is pretty <laughs> that's so fun a nice yeah partnership. Gar- he's really gotten into the bird feeding oh. and seeing all the different birds mm-hmm. and and I think the sunflowers will attract a lot. So I'm excited. They will. Yeah. You'll have to take some photos when that time comes late in the summer. The bird feeder. Okay. So I did bird feeders for a while, but then the squirrels took over them. Yes, they do. Our squirrels just woke up. <laughs> uh, they were sleeping. That's why we take them down in the summer because... It's a good idea. Yeah. The fruit, and, and the weather's warmer and there's been some bird diseases. So mm, once, yeah. once the seasons get hot... You there's a lot of maintenance to washing the plant. The birds like our platform feeder the most. And so they get messy. So you have to clean them. So in the summer, we take them down. But um, squirrels do. I, you know, wherever there's bird seed, there's going to be some animals that are kind of nuisances like chipmunks and squirrels. And right now we have about six or eight squirrels that are eating us out of (laughs) (laughs) and morning doves. We have quite a few doves that come Mm -hmm. in and just sit there and like Mm -hmm. dare the blue jays and everybody to come in. But it's okay. I figured (laughs) even the squirrels have to eat too. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Because even though they're like the bane of my existence in the spring, summer, they're you know, and my husband's like, well, we can get rid of them. I'm like, no, I'm like, they, they irritate me, but I wish that they, they could be trained to just like go, you know, get their food somewhere else. And <laughs> yeah, I scatter a lot on the ground to try to deter yeah, them. From and I don't mind them in the ground garden is when they come up on our deck and then they dig in my pots yes. and they'll dig up like 
you know, fresh plants that I just planted, fresh flowers and yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm <gasps> hoping they don't dig up my sunflower seeds. <laughs> and I have rabbits too. Oh, yeah. You know what? Plant more them. sunflower seeds than you think because between squirrels and birds, they yeah. do, they do take, take some. Out. And then yeah. you'll find a sunflower somewhere like 10 feet over there because a yeah. bird flew away with it and dropped one. Yeah, I have quite <laughs> a few plants in my, in my yard that I just leave because they were brought in as volunteers my yes. grandma used to call them um, yeah. by the birds <laughs> yeah 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 well that's fun um i'm looking forward to it when this episode comes out we'll we'll be definitely full on in you know early garden season so um yeah it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it uh and i just love the color of it i love winter too but um it's like when spring finally comes, it's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and I'm out there and I'm going in the garden quite a bit until about the 4th of July. And then when the heat comes on, I just kind of watch the fruits of all of my um, efforts and sit on the little, we have a stone patio that we'll go out and sit in the evenings and watch the birds and bats and we'll have fun. But yeah. And then the fall it's just season, you know, all the seasons, they all have yeah, the beauty. And that's do. what I, I enjoy about mm-hmm. living where I do, even though the growing season is short. I mean, we really only have from, like, we can't plant sunflowers until the end of May. Oh, really? Yeah. Then, yeah. And so then they'll grow like mad. You'll be so surprised, you know, how fast the plants will come up right around the end of May. And they'll hit blooming right about the time they do everywhere else. Mm. Um, unlike where my daughter lives down in Virginia, um, she's planting things already. I'm like, stop, mm. Donny, I'm, I'm still up to my knees in snow. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I envy all of those like zone eight and sevens yeah. and even sixes. In I'm July, 5B. It does really get hot. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it really does. So I, and summer is like my least favorite season only because of all the bugs. I just, I can't, yeah. that's why like winter is so nice and pretty because you can go outside and you don't have to worry about bugs <laughs> eating this you up. True. <laughs> true story. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for sharing uh, about your, your gardening uh, tips. And, and, and that's another thing I learned from you is the fairy gardens. So um, I look forward to seeing what you're coming, what you're going to do with your two story fairy garden this summer. I'm very excited. All right. Well, um, I I had one more little, I have one more topic, but we already even talked about it a little bit. So we could just touch on a little bit and then I'll let you go because okay. we've been chit-chatting for a long time. <laughs> but um, it goes fast. It does. It does. Uh, okay. So the isolation of crafting is one of my listeners actually um, – um, mentioned this to me and, and asked me about it. So I thought it was a good thing that a topic that you you and I could talk about mm-hmm. um, and how you feel connected to the community of quilters and crafters and knitters um, when the past two years have really kind of like isolated everybody. Uh, it really has. And, and I think that it's a lot of work to try to stay connected, even on a good year, you know, and with my personal relationships. And I think, you know, especially where I live, you know, I feel like we're so far apart from people who have similar interests. I know a few people who have, you know, some cricket interests and, and 
Um, but we've never like gotten together or done like craft retreats or anything like that. But I think what I've had to do is exactly, you know, what we talked about a little bit earlier is trying to sign up for newsletters for people who do crafts and things that I'm interested in so that I could participate with maybe some of their education or online classes. I've seen different people even have like online Zoom meetings over the course of the pandemic. And uh, I've joined a couple of them. I thought it was so much fun. It was like, oh my gosh, we're talking about making quilts and, and people don't look at me like I've lost my mind. Um, how many quilts? I actually had somebody asked me this recently. How many quilts have you made? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> so many. <laughs> um, you know, Unless you are a person who is a maker, you know, nobody understands you. The muggles, I call them. I think I heard that from Pam, you know, yep, yeah. <laughs> on her, her podcast. Yep. It's so true. So I, I do a lot of newsletters or I sign up. I find out what their communities are doing. Facebook groups, as much as Facebook and I have this love-hate relationship, they do groups well. And I I have a lot of Facebook groups that I belong to where on different topics. Some are quilting, some are cricket, some are crocheting, some are knitting, some are gardening. A lot of them are gardening. And you get to to see the people who contribute and chat and not like you're going to become best friends or anything, but at the same time, there are ways to stay connected. Um, there are little communities even on TikTok uh, who are crafters. And there's a lot of beautiful beautiful curated feeds on TikTok. I kind of become a TikTok junkie. You have to be careful though. There's a lot of junk like anything else on every other platform, but there's a lot of artists and creators. So though it's a video-based platform, so I feel like there's more, I don't know, you see people doing what they're talking about and you get to see in action some of their things. Um, I've tried to do some Zoom calls with my friends my local quilting group, like we didn't, we haven't met much in two and a half years. We did get together at Christmas time and maybe this summer we'll get together, but we've done a lot of Zoom calls. And you know what? Uh, some of the ladies in our group are in their 80s and they figured out how to do Zoom and they, they like it because sitting by yourself and creating alone is hard. Yeah. yeah. It's real hard. Retreats, I think, are starting to come back. I've seen a couple. Um, I haven't signed up for any yet, but but they're coming around. So I just think it's a lot of hard work. The other part is we have to be open to different experiences, like maybe meeting people who have similar interests, maybe not face-to-face -face so much, mm -hmm. but we may have to meet them online. So I've been doing a lot of online communities. Um, yeah. Quilting, is, I think, can be very isolating because it is a... a pretty much doing a lot of it by yourself mm -hmm. and that's where I think you know when you belong to guilds or clubs that can help um, but my my circle of friends are all retired now so they're meeting during my daytime job <laughs> oh no <laughs> so yeah so I kind of have to find another group of people who are a little bit younger um, yeah. where we can meet in the evening or on weekends and yeah, so I know. how about you? Have yeah, you I somewhere? and I'm more prone to isolate myself 
because mm-hmm. of, you know, my introverted hermit ways, uh, <laughs> I like being home and I like, you know, I don't like lugging, you know, equipment and everywhere. So no, that's and sort I of like, that. yeah. And that's why I think um, I kind of look at it as more of a social event, like social mm-hmm. gatherings, or yeah. if I'm going to go where they're going to be doing, say a daytime retreat, I'm going to take handwork. I'm not lugging all that stuff. <laughs> I'll take some English paper piecing or something. Yeah. I'm hand stitching. Right. Right. And when I'm tired and I'm peopled. Mm-hmm. I can get, my people battery can get drained real quick. Um, me I, too. I it just to. takes one afternoon for me and then yep. I'm good and I'm and spent and I need to recover for a couple days. I need to days. recover. I yeah. Do. But this year, um, well, in December, when did I, I, I finally caved to do a subscription with Quilt Folk. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a high end sort of quilt magazine because the quality of the paper they use is, you know, very nice and they don't have ads in there. So it's a higher price subscription. So I, I never really did it. I purchased when they had some sales on issues mm-hmm. and, uh, have seen a couple of them and they're very nice and yeah, the beautiful. articles that they do and the photographs. So I don't know. In December, they had a special and uh, it was, you know, a good deal for a year. And so I signed up for it. And so much has come from just signing up from that subscription. Then they had this workshop with Jenny Smith over in the UK and Kay Fassett. Mm-hmm. In January, it was like mid-January. And at that time, I was like pretty sick. And um, but I was starting to like feel well enough that I could thankfully do this workshop. And uh, it just perked me up so much. And it was so much fun. Uh, and it was a tumbling block quilt, which I've never done before. And then in between her instructions of, you know, how to complete this quilt, they did a lot of videos. She and, and my quilt folk has a whole camera crew, <laughs> professional. Yes. So yes. they they went to Kafe Fassett's home in London and sat down with him and had these interviews. He has so many stories. Be he great. turned 84 in December and he has a lifetime of these stories of such rich, you know, just – um and I bet you he's experiences a for storyteller. He is listening. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so amazing. And then he he allowed them to you know come into his um, studio where he designs fabrics and then showed some collections of things that he collects. And yep. it was really very interesting. And it was very different from your typical um, workshop. I bet KFAS, it was fascinating. Yeah, it was really, really good. And uh, it was, so that started off the year really nicely. And then um, they just, um, this month, started advertising for a, a, a quilt along. And I I haven't done one in like four years because I never finished the project. Right, right. So, um, but it was with Quilt Folk again and Jenny Smith and then her um, studio manager, Kay Walsh. And I enjoyed them so much with the CAFE one. And this is very different too. So I like that it's a totally different format and they will do these videos and stories. Well, this time they're having guest 
people in. And actually, Francis, I read, is going to be one of them because it's uh, the, the theme of it is like literary. So we're going to improv blocks of our favorite book covers. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I signed up for that. And I was thinking, you know, Without even really knowing it, I think that I must have really been sort of needing this kind of uh, connection with community, and 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 it just takes like you know the the one that I signed up for in January. It it was just like a little light bulb of like oh this is what I need. This is you know, Mm -hmm. and we're dead set in the winter, and you know so. I had a similar experience with, um, I signed up for uh, the scrap class and it was taught by Diane of uh, Stash Bandit and she offers different classes online from time to time. And it was, it was the same experience. It was like, she's telling stories about her quilts and all the color and the different ways she put them together and then we we each were working on our projects and her class was little was interactive so we could chat and I'm like wow I haven't like talked to people about quilting in two years (laughs) it feels like it was it was amazing and Mm -hmm. and I had that light bulb moment too that it's been so long of feeling like you know I and I have I'm a hermit too I like mm-hmm. my introverted ways Me too. <laughs> but, but at the same time it was yeah that need of connecting yeah with other creative people and and just hearing constructive feedback on mm-hmm. everybody's blocks but then as we went through at the end of the class it was so beautiful is that everybody had the most positive things to say to each other. Mm. And it was like those words of affirmation that you're like, you know, I haven't heard anybody say anything outside of my husband, like, oh yeah, that's beautiful, honey. You know, but just to actually talk to other people and just hearing the feedback. And now I saw that um, quilt folk and I was like, Mm, I really, really want to sign up for that. Now I regret not <laughs> signing up for it. You can still do it. I saw them post an Instagram today because it doesn't really start it until mid-March, but you've, right. you are doing other stuff too. So I'm going to have to look at it, but it looks yeah. fascinating. And what I really like is that it's a multi-level of thought process. You know, you yeah. have the literary and you've got England and they're mm-hmm. probably going to talk about their countryside and oh my goodness can you imagine going to a retreat with in England oh it's like uh, been on my mind for years yes it would be so much fun for Scotland or Ireland oh we would have to go Stephanie absolutely (laughs) I know for sure because I I also watch the fruity knitting uh YouTube podcast it's the video podcast have you watched them before no I'll have to check them out check them out um, this past summer, they did a road trip through England and they stopped at the Bronte house, mm, the original. Wonderful. And beautiful. Just the video they took of all the countryside um, and the stories that they were able to find from people they interviewed. It, it's really lovely. So if you go back towards it, uh, episodes that were published like in September, August, September, that's mm-hmm. where they did that trip. Oh, I will definitely really, work. Really, you know, nice. we've we've gotten so uh, my husband and I so lonely for company. We even have watched um, people in England just walk through their neighborhoods, <laughs> and well, we turn them on, and they'll do. They don't even talk. 
the all really they flash underneath. It's called Gimbal Walk TV, oh. and all he does is flash. We're 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 now in this seaside town of, and he'll tell you, and then he'll be like, "This is the church. This is the historic church. This is where you know this famous person." And and you're like, "It's great evening while you're eating dinner," and then it gives us some things to talk about, like maybe we'd love to go here, and you know, it, it, but you see other people walking around, and and and. And so that has helped us feel so like we're not so isolated. What a clever idea that they did that. I would never have thought that it would be so successful. But when you mentioned that it is like you because I actually follow a couple accounts on Instagram. There's this Ireland one and a Scotland one. And it's the same kind of idea Mm -hmm. where they just show you little videos of either like the sheep in the countryside or the Ireland one is really cute kids doing their little Irish dances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so cute. I love and, it. And seeing different, different places. And since mm-hmm. we can't travel, we, we, we are not traveling right now and we really haven't done even a lot of traveling in the States. It'll be, mm-hmm. it's a lovely way to live vicariously it through is. video. Really. And so I think we've done that alternate route of staying connected. And, and I, and I need to do is, make phone calls because some of the people in my quote group are phone call people and I need to make some phone calls and see how people are doing. And I get in, I get lazy and start texting people, but not everyone in my quote group are texters. Mm. So um, there's still people who talk on the phone out there. Wow. (laughs) And I'm also uh, been planning lunch. I've got a, when the weather, I had a lunch planned with a quilter friend of mine. I haven't seen her in a few years, but the weather is going to cancel that. But we're having lunch and we're going to do it. And nice. we're like, we're going to have lunch and a coffee and we're going to talk quilts. Nice. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that really, um, everything that you said and uh, we have some similar things of being isolated and how, certain things that you can do to feel more connected and lifting your spirits um, is I don't even realize sometimes how kind of in the doldrums I may be in. Especially in January and February. We live in that climate. And I think it's just being inspired by other people Mm -hmm. in their work or taking a class or even trying something new. Um, It still helps spark that creativity and, and meeting other people who have interests. It's, it's, it's just funny, you know, that I, I think like, as I'm making all these goofball things in my little corner of the world, you know, like nobody else is like me. And then you start chatting with other folks. And you're like, no, there's a whole world of people out yeah, there. Yeah, you find that, of course. And yeah. I did something new this past weekend. There was a card maker uh, summit and it was all virtual and it was free. I love those. Oh my, I've never did a card making one at all. And uh, it started, it was four days. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um, virtual. So there was a schedule for the day. The thing of it is, it was free and the videos were there for 24 hours. Then they had like this VIP where you could purchase and then yes. have the videos, you know, whenever yeah, you, you want to. You can buy to. them for, for a lifetime. Right. I do a right. lot of those with people who do cricket stuff. And I'm doing one right now. Um, it's not all cards, but like one lady's doing a fairy house. One lady's doing a card. One lady's showing you how to 
cut a wallet out and sew it. And mm-hmm. so those things really do help. Yeah, learn a lot. Yeah. And, and you get in those groups and you meet people in their Facebook groups. And yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. I think yeah. it's just a lot of work to try to stay connected with sure. people in this yeah. day and age, number one. It's an effort. And, <laughs> and then you start adding, you know, our health our health things and you start adding, you know, mm. the pandemic and it's been really hard. It's been really, mm. really hard on everybody, but people who are not introverted like you and I are have really suffered a lot more sure. with being isolated. Yeah. And, I, and I run into that, you know, in my day job. And so trying to transition now to where maybe we can have lunch with our friends and it's going to be all right to do that. We just have to assess the risk <laughs> mm-hmm. and and all of that. It's just been a tough few years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still going to be a transition over the next couple. And like I said, my, my group has changed because they're all retired mm-hmm. and they're doing retiree things during the time I would work. And that's okay. That's fantastic. But that means I have to find a different place to plug in and I'll find it. I'll find <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And also your podcast, I would say, is another way to feel connected to this community. It is for me. It really is. Um, I That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast, because knowing that I was a hermit and isolated, but wanting so much to be a part of of this community. So I'm really glad that I did it. And um, it, I, I've built like real friendships mm-hmm. from there. So I have too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, building communities and being part of communities is very important, whether they're virtual, whether they're face to face or a hybrid of both. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how my real life relationships are mm-hmm. too. You know, they're usually a hybrid and, and we all have to just kind of keep our mind open to different ways of meeting people because for as connected as we are sometimes it feels like we're a million miles away right yeah for sure so well vicky thank you so much for coming back onto my show and chatting about everything creative quilting knitting sewing all of it gardening i really appreciate you coming back on and i know that our listeners will certainly enjoy this episode Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me, Stephanie. Absolutely. We'll do it again, I'm sure. Okay, that's a wrap on Season 4 of the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the summer and happy making and decorating. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.